all those quirks that we see and hear in the language every day. At the University of Michigan, I study and teach the history of the English language, which means that I spend my days thinking about how the language works and how it changes over time. And as I move through the world, I notice all the changes in English that are happening all around me. For example, the creation of Google, first as a noun and then quickly becoming a verb, so we were Googling things. I hear height. I notice the recent use of troop to refer to a soldier. And I hear the confusion of lay and lie in the song lyric, I just want to lay in my bed. We'll talk about all these examples in the coming lectures as we explore where words come from and how they change over time. I like calling this kind of investigation exploring the secret lives of words because what we're doing is digging below the surface of English words. We, we use words every day and we take them for granted. I mean, we have to because if we're going to talk with each other, we can't think about every word we're saying and where it came from. But it's fascinating when we do pause and consider where these words came from and how they work. It tells us a lot about language and about ourselves as speakers. Now, some of you may have cringed when I said height or I quoted the song lyric, I want to lay in my bed. These are examples of language change, exactly what we'll be talking about. And I'm struck every day by the vibrancy of our language and our creativity with it as we exploit the riches of English vocabulary and create new words, or we change the meaning of words we already have, or sometimes we just abandon words, stop using them. Language is one of the things that makes us human. No other species, as far as we know, has this capacity for human language, for language that is infinitely creative. And it seems to be a human impulse to play with language, to use that creativity as we talk every day. There also seems to be a human impulse to worry about language and to lament the changes going on, to worry that young people are somehow ruining the language and to think that there was some earlier moment when the language was in better shape than it's in today. In this course, we'll look at great detail at how words work and change in order to gain perspective on this concern about decay and insight into the many fascinating things happening in the language and in the human brain and in human culture. And we see all of this reflected in the history of words. There's much to celebrate and study in the unlimited human capacity to create new words and new utterances. And in fact, as I mentioned, one of the things that I do professionally is vote on the word of the year. So let me tell you a little bit about how this happens. The American Dialect Society has its annual meeting at the beginning of January, and we present a whole range of academic papers, but we also vote on the word of the year. We've been doing this for about 20 years. The organization itself has been studying American English since 1889. This is a gathering of linguists and lexicographers, the people who make dictionaries, whose job it is to track new words and meanings. This vote always happens on Friday afternoon, and perhaps I should note that it always happens right before happy hour. And what's been interesting is that this meeting has been getting more and more crowded. We now have over 200 people who come. There's an open floor for debate about the words. And as Alan Metcalf, who runs the vote, has been known to say, 
as he counts the votes by hand, we all just raise our hands, all vote counting is approximate but final. So this vote, which celebrates language change and lexical creativity, happens often just about a week after Lake Superior State has put out its list of banished words for the year. Words that they're tired of, often exactly because they've been so successful. So for 2012, the words that they banished were ginormous, blowback, man cave, and occupy, among others. So what did we do in January at the word of the year vote? Well, this year, we voted occupy as the word of the year. And this often happens, that what Lake Superior State has banished, we vote as the word of the year because it has been such a big part of the lexicon in that year. So 2012, the word of the year was occupy. The year before that, it was app.